Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 171 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of having Jody and Kristen. You may know them from a Sober Girls Social Club. They are the amazing certified coaches that lead you through life, love, laughter every single week. Most of the time, Jody and Kristen are too busy helping everyone else that they don't get a chance to share their story. So why not have them share it on the podcast? This is such a fantastic conversation. Let's get into it. At A Sober Girl's Guide, we got your back, and so does Exact Nature. Their safe, all-natural, CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you face the unique challenges of getting and staying sober. Whether it's curbing those cravings, wrangling in those changes in moods, or helping you get a better night's sleep. To learn more about their products and commitment to helping you in your recovery, visit exactnature.com. What I love about Exact Nature is they are produced and formulated by people who are in recovery themselves. It is 100% safe and natural to your recovery journey. Head to exactnature.com and use discount code SOBERGIRL20 for 20% off your order. Hello, Jody and Kristen. I am so excited. Once again, are rounding out our coaches, the last two ladies that are part of the Sober Girl Social Club. What's going on, ladies? Good morning. Happy to be here. How are you? Where whereabouts are you at? Jody, where are you in the world? I'm outside of St. Louis on the Illinois side. Nice. And Kristen, where are you at? I'm outside of San Francisco in California. Amazing. And what is the weather like? Is everyone, is it summer yet? Is that happening? What is this? 
It was freezing yesterday. We're like huddled, like we're camping in March. It was so weird. Oh no. Um, so, you know, you guys are coaches in our Sober Girl uh, Social Club, and we rarely get to hear your stories and your, your background and, your, and how you went through sobriety and recovery and however you identify, because you guys are always helping and being there for other people. So now I thought it would be nice to turn the tables on you guys <laughs> and get your backstory. So let's start off with Kristen. Kristen, can you give us a little bit, a little taste of what BS Kristen was like? So before sobriety, Kristen, what was going down? <laughs> what wasn't going down is a <laughs> question to answer. For sure. So um, the short version <laughs> is uh, when I had children back in 2004 and 2006, my husband at the time and I bought a home we really couldn't afford, as did much of the population in 2007. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it adjusted and we needed to come up with $1,000 a month. So I started working in a restaurant just for extra money. Mm -hmm. And I would work at night and have my babies during the day. So it was like a really good fit. Yeah. And then they said, well, you could make more money if you learned to bartend. And I thought, mm. like I had visions of cocktail and like Tom Cruise. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> bartending sounds super cool. So I got trained as a bartender okay. and ended up being like a bar manager, bartender, event coordinator, wine educator, like Whoa. alcohol became my entire life. I worked at wineries. I gave tours. I gave in-home parties. Like I made really good money. So I was like, this is great. And yeah. I'm a kindergarten room mom by day. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> and the ultimate double life. Totally. Totally. And that worked out fine mm -hmm. until COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And I lost my job at the bar. I was homeschooling my teenagers and something shifted in me. I went mm. from party girl, like kind of drinking and using stimulants to stay up late at night to yeah. drinking all day. And I, oh. I feel like the split, not split personality is not the right word, but this double life mm -hmm. caught up to me. Like I became so, so, so separate that I just split in half and that mm -hmm. contributed to my alcohol use. Yeah. And then there was um, sexual trauma that happened 11 years ago and it just shook my whole world and pretty much ruined my marriage and kind of shut me off as a woman. Like I, I really didn't know who I was or how I identified or what I even wanted. <laughs> and yeah. the alcohol was numbing a lot of that too. Yeah. So 
on December 26, 2020, I had drank all day into the evening, Christmas day, and was so obliterated by the time I went to bed that I wasn't really paying attention to how much Ambien, which I was also abusing, how much Ambien I took that night. And I ended up taking 30, at least 30 milligrams of Ambien mixed with probably three bottles of wine. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't suicidal, but I didn't really care whether or not I woke up. Mm -hmm. And my kids and their dad confronted me when I woke up around like 1130 in the morning. And they had gone, they were putting out the recycle and they lined up 17 bottles of alcohol, wine, hard alcohol, all mixed together from Friday to Friday on the table. There were 17 bottles. And that was just what I was drinking here. That didn't even count when I was out and about or at friends' houses. Right. So it was pretty clear with that illustration that there's a problem. So I said what everyone says. I know I'll cut back. Mm. <laughs> and they, how did you feel when you were confronted about this? Like, what, what were the emotions or what are the thoughts and feelings going through? yourself like do you even remember what was going on Uh, yeah I was I I had a feeling it was coming Mm. I I had become so reckless Mm. and just I was I wasn't here my depression and anxiety was off the charts I mean it was clear to everyone around me something bad is going on Mm. and um I, so I did know it was coming. I was really embarrassed more than anything. Yeah. And after I said, I know it's gotten out of control, but I'll cut back. Mm-hmm. My ex-husband also in recovery said, you need to get clean. Like you need rehab. You need to not touch alcohol like ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was pretty angry with him for insinuating that I had to do what he did, but the truth is hundred percent right. right. (laughs) And, um, so after looking at my kids and seeing the concern on their faces and kind Mm -hmm. of just being sick and tired of my own bullshit, (laughs) I agreed to 90 days of rehab and 90 days of sobriety. And when I started, I I had X's on the calendar and I, I was like, how am I going to get to 90 days? Like I can't even get to 90 minutes. Yeah. Like what the hell am I doing? And thankfully, once I got into rehab, I learned tools and felt like I was on track. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where it all began. And then once I got to 90 days, I felt so incredible And had learned so much about how alcohol and drugs were contributing to my PTSD and anxiety and confusion. And I thought, I can't go back to that. Yeah. Back. Yeah, definitely. So how do you identify now in terms of your relationship to alcohol? Um, Sober and in recovery. 
Okay. I'm up in the air on the term alcoholic. Okay. I say it respectfully if I'm speaking mm-hmm. at an AA meeting or teaching a adult children of alcoholics class, I'll say it. Um, I really like the saying I'm Kristen and I'm in recovery because that, that feels true because I haven't touched alcohol in a year and a half. I feel like, so I'm not an alcoholic in this moment. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. right. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I like so many other things. So Definitely. That's just my own little thing, but I, I do. That's the only thing. Like, I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's the verbiage I would use to identify myself. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I like, I love to ask that question because question. so many people, you know, don't identify with certain labels or feel constricted or feel like it doesn't, you know, describe or encompass everything that they have been through or going through and want to be in the future. Um, do you think, do you think that, um, I don't know if, I, if the word is like if addict is, is, is something you identify, but do you think your alcohol use was situational? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like it started that way. Yeah. And then the longer I was behind the bar, yeah. it turned from situational to available mm-hmm. to all-consuming. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like, this feels good. Okay. This feels really good. Now, <laughs> like we actually can't go on without it. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly we actually need what this. Yeah. yeah. We, need, we need this to keep it going. Yes. Just to keep life going. Not even the good stuff. Just, just keep the ball rolling. Yeah. It didn't matter at the end. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and then where are you today, Kristen? So today I just celebrated 18 months sober. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And I, um, I'm so excited about the recovery part of my coaching practice. I yeah. got certified actually with a sober girls guide last July. So it's been running um, this portion of my business for a year. And although it's a really hard (laughs) niche is so rewarding. And sometimes I get off the phone with a client and I'm wondering who should be paying who, like I'm (laughs) getting so much out of this as well. So I, I'm loving my business and my relationship with my kids is night and day different. Mm. And I'm so thankful I didn't wait any longer to do this because they're 16 and 18 and they need, they still need their mom. (laughs) Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) We all need like some kind of mother figure throughout our lives. Um, Kristen, why did you, choose to become a coach? Like what attracted you to that? I actually, I went back to school about five years ago to get my degree in psychology. Okay. I finished, I have my bachelor's and my goal was to become a therapist. Okay. Like leave the bar behind. Yep. On with life, become a therapist. 
And once I graduated, I started enrolling for the master's program. Mm. And one of my girlfriends who is a psychologist said, Kristen, you should really look into coaching to pay for the master's program because Mm. college is expensive. And I thought, yeah, I'll test it out. We'll see. And then once I kind of shadowed her and I interviewed a few other coaches, I thought, oh, we're onto something here. (laughs) And then instead of grad school, I got certified with CTI in San Rafael and I, I was hooked just my first practice client. I, I was like, this is where I need to be because Mm. to get through the master's program and my internship, I would be almost 50 before I was helping people. Right. So coaching allowed me to do that much sooner, start my business much sooner. Yeah. I feel like coaching also, it's very different than a therapist, right? Like you are definitely more interactive with your, with your client. You're not just sitting there like them kind of running the show. Like it's, it's more interactive. It's a, it's a, it's a coach, right? It's like, it's training day. You know, this is like exercise for, for your mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And I love that there is less to be a therapist in California, there are so many rules, regulations. You can't, you can't have clients that are outside of the state with coaching. I'm so flexible. We go on hikes. I've met them at different events to help them stay sober. Like there's so many things I can do. So yeah, it's where I've, I've stayed. Love it. Well, (laughs) we're, we're definitely glad you did. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Thanks, Kristen. My pleasure. Jody. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. What's going on? Oh, you know, we just, would love to hear about the BS Jody, your before sobriety Jody. Give us, give us a scoop, give us a lowdown. All right. Well, BS Jody was very much full of that BS. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of ego, helplessness, mm. victim mentality. Uh, a lot of false stories that I like to hold on to as ex- as an excuse to fuel my non-sober activities at the time. For sure. Um, a lot of it started whenever I was young. I grew up in a family that very much fell into the addictive personality category. And I held on to that as a way to justify my own behavior Mm. Um, my father passed away whenever I was five from drug abuse Mm -hmm. and 
as I got older, realized that my mom had a lot of the same tendencies and also suffered from her own pill addiction. At A Sober Girl's Guide, we are all about accountability and action to help you make changes with your relationship to alcohol stick. Soberlink is a device and accountability system that uses tech and real-life relationships to do just that. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones that can cheer you on and offer you support along your journey. There is nothing like this out there. This unique remote alcohol monitoring system will help you thrive in recovery and stay connected with people who care. For $50 off and a free guide to gaining confidence in early recovery, visit www.soberlink.com backslash ASGG. And with that story kind of in my peripheral, I used that as my justification for whenever I entered into my teenage years and was struggling a lot as a jumping off point. Well, this is how you be an adult. And the story that I told myself was the key to being a successful adult is learning to manage the addictions in a way that keeps you afloat and functioning because all of the adults up to this point I had been around had an addiction. So we follow suit, but we figure out a way to be better than, to have more control than. And um, around that same point, I was put on a lot of heavy, uh, so I was like around 14, 15, was put on a lot of heavy duty, like antipsychotics and antidepressants. Um, This was like the early 2000s. So that was kind of a popular mainstream way of dealing with adolescent misbehavior. Um, Just drug them up. Yeah, I got put right on that train. Um, And I'm talking like Seroquel, Paxil, Prozac, things that most people don't interact with. And if they do, it's at a like a heavy duty kind of a problem. And so my drug and alcohol abuse increased as I kind of progressed into adolescence as a way to feel. Mm. Um, I had become so numb with the pills and with trying to just function Mm. that I was using drugs and alcohol very heavily just to even be able to have some sort of interaction with existence. Um, At So that was kind of the way that 14 through 19 went, kind of taking literally whatever crossed my path, getting involved with some not so good people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking uppers, downers, in-betweeners, whatever somebody had, I was going to take and at the same time really heavily abusing alcohol. Okay. Um, In college, I was working full time to put myself through school, kind of also like double-sided self. Um, Mm -hmm have to get this part done, but also very much not functional. So high functioning, non-functional human. So Ah. I was full-time at school, full-time in my job, trying to maintain relationships, friendships, while at the same time, very heavy into addiction patterns and um, depressive episodes. And Mm. I started working with my psychologist at the time to kind of figure out why I was on this cocktail of drugs and 
kind of work my way off. So um, it was a conscious effort between my mental health team at the time and myself to wean fully off of the antidepressants just to kind of find some level ground. Cause at that point I had been on them while heavily abusing substance for six, seven years. So I didn't really know who I was or what ground zero even looked like. For sure. And that's really dangerous. Like mixing antidepressants and alcohol. Yeah. It can like literally kick your ass. Yeah. There are many times where I am honestly shocked that I survived the morning, like to the morning, just because of like using intense uppers and Mm. alcohol. And then also like in my state being like, okay, let's take, let's stay on my regimen of pills too. And then taking those. And so I'm very grateful for my body (laughs) like doing And our um, brain, oh my gosh, our brain health. Woo. Yes. So um, after a year of getting, of really working on that, um, yeah, I was kind of at this point, okay, I'm no longer on these really heavy duty antidepressants. And then it was also like this huge assault on my nervous system. What before oh, yeah. had been this numbed out, feeling was now replaced with a barrage of emotions, repressed shame, anger, all the things. (laughs) And that was whenever I also found myself, I had graduated college and had a decent amount of debt and found myself in a situation where I kind of got involved into a club scene. Okay. And so, um, in one way, it was very detrimental uh, to my mental health. And in another way, it also kind of saved me because I saw a lot of people going all the way down mm. um, into really heavy, repetitive, habitual use. And I saw what I didn't want my right. life to be. So that was about three years of my life, uh, kind of volleying in and out of that scene. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Uh getting mixed up into psychedelics at that point, uh, still really heavily abusing alcohol um, Mm. and 
kind of followed that path until about 23, 24. And I started really tapping into like this lifestyle isn't serving. I'm not sure if it was like my frontal lobes starting to be like, we're waking up, you know, or like what was really happening if I was just becoming exhausted um, from the choices I had been making, but like the way I was living wasn't making sense anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was whenever I first started dabbling in lucidity and sobriety and consciously choosing what was going on in my life instead of fully immersed in that helpless victim mindset of like the world is happening to me. Right. And um, so that was kind of the first dabble. It took another two years for me to really stop using hard drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. And I am right right now, nine years sober, lucid. They haven't really, we haven't created that term yet. If anybody has a good one, send it my way. Okay for not using hard drugs. Um, And then about 25, 26, I was still like really hard into the alcohol and um, cigarettes and marijuana. And I kind of came to in Texas 2014 um, Mm -hmm. with being pregnant and things that were going on in the government in Texas at that point that kind of made me have to maintain that choice. Right. And so I owned it and I made a big decision to move back home and in with my mother, who was also having a lot of her own struggles at that time and like make a first full go at being completely sober and conscious and owning the decision that I had made that had brought me to this point in my life Mm. and to figure out who I was going to be as myself and also as a mother. Wow. And so it was a really interesting and challenging pregnancy to do alone. Also living with someone who needed um, uh, to go to rehab. So that was a part of my story with getting sober was also simultaneously putting my mom into the program. And another, I was 22 months sober, the whole thing. So counting pregnancy and the first portion of my son's life. Okay. Completely sober, completely involved, completely present. And also fully acknowledging that like there wasn't room, there was no room for anything else. Sure. I had to work. I had to provide and I had to be with him. Yeah. And then I had this moment where it was like my first like real chunk of time away. And he was with, he was gone for a couple hours. So I decided to have a glass of wine and a cigarette. And I spent basically the first 20 minutes, like, ah, yeah, this feels so good. And the next three hours curled up in fetal position, like my stomach hurting, crying, like, why am I doing this? Having like this existential breakdown of like, I'm not who I was before. Mm. And I'm not sure who I am now when I don't have that caretaker thing happening when I'm not mom yeah who am I? because I'm not the Jody that I was before 
Right. And so the next year and a half was a really back and forth, up and down, like really trying to figure that out, um, being fully present and aware whenever he was there, I was at work and then trying to figure out that space of in between. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Alcohol and marijuana and cigarettes, especially, man, love the cigarettes. <laughs> Those things were not me. Mm. Like I had to consciously separate myself from those things. And yeah. once I was able to do that, it created this massive space for me to start asking, okay, well, what is, Mm. and in that space is where I started to find my joy, started to find the pieces of myself that I hadn't seen since I was a little girl Yeah, and started really becoming present and grateful and accountable for myself and what I was doing. And um, it wasn't perfect. I don't want to say that it was like all of a sudden this light bulb switched. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't that. There were still times where, you know, um, I would tell myself, okay, I've been, I've gone this long. We're down at the river. Let's have a beer. Or, hey, we're here. Um, somebody's got a joint. Let's go. Let's just take a tote. Every, yeah. And the difference was, though, that every single time became fewer and far between. Because every time afterward, it wasn't a feeling of, wow, I'm super stoked that I did that. And that added to the moment. It became this personal check-in of like, wow, that kind of separated me from myself and from what was going on. Mm. And I didn't like that. And so the more I was able to check in and have that space, that became fewer and far between. And that's brought me to where I am now where I am just over two years sober from alcohol, Mm -hmm. just over two years lucid from pot. And like, for me, it's not a, it's not a permanent life choice, 
but a choice that I make every single day and can definitely see myself making every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah. With that acknowledgement that the moment I say that it's forever is the moment that I'll start trying to make it not so. So it's Mm. like, I choose every day I ask myself that it comes up, like, is this something I want to do? Or is this something I'm at, like, thinking that I want to do? Right. Would my tomorrow self be super stoked that I made this decision? Yeah. Or is this just like me kind of feeding into that helpless escapist, like yeah. um, enhancement of the moment me- mentality? Totally. Like that FOMO mentality too. Yeah. Right. Like th- we think we're going to miss out on so much. Most of all, it's like fun. Everyone's so freaking worried about having fun. Like, not everything is fun and like fun is definitely it definitely changes in sobriety that's for sure but it also changes as we age and as we grow and as we evolve you know it doesn't just like it doesn't just pertain to like sobriety it just changes fun just takes on a different meaning and different um, identity I think you know I think the most fun I have is like knowing that I don't have to go anywhere. Like, do you know how nice that is and relaxing it is? Jody? what do you consider fun? Oh, for me, definitely getting outside. I love uh, getting outside, hiking. I love going dancing. Yeah. I love getting out around people and interacting and also leaving by nine. I love people who have concerts that they're like conscious of that. It's like, we're starting at five, we're over at 10. And I'm like, I love that because I want to dance. I want to be outside. I want to laugh with people and I want to go to bed. Sleep is a big part of fun. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Like six to nine, primo, perfection. Oh my God. I love that, Jody. Kristen, what is your definition of fun? I'm cracking up because I also view the six to nine or 10 as yeah. fun. Like I totally. did. <laughs> um, or fun. I love to hike. That's mm. one of my favorite new things. And I do still go to karaoke. Nice. <laughs> At least once a week, I go sing, dance. Um, I love seeing live music, going to shows. Right now, the fair, the county fair is in town. And I've been like six times already. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Live music. And I love corn dogs and food that I don't usually eat. So, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally fun. And I think like our also what's fun to us changes, you know, like different seasons, right? Like sometimes we'll have a season that's like, you know what, I'm enjoying being at home and relaxing. Or it's like, I need to get out. I'm getting cabin fever. You know, I want to be out and about. I want to be around people. It changes. There is not a one size fits all fun program (laughs) or definition. That's for sure. Uh, Jody, I didn't mean to interrupt your your journey. Please continue. Uh, where were we? I think this is the part where I maybe talk about why mm-hmm. I got into coaching and what kind of led me down that path. Um, 
for me, it was having space held for me by some really inspirational coaches Mm. uh, that they had a way of integrating community and connection and articulating experience that really allowed me and my experience to feel validated. Mm. And in that validation, I found a lot of freedom. And so with having that and having experienced that, I felt really called and inspired to share and provide that space for other women. Yeah. That's so important. And you do such a great job at it. Jody. like I can't even imagine a, what your BS self is was like because you, every, every time we talk, every time I see you, you're just so grounded and calm and like extremely present. And it seems like you actually really enjoy it. Like, it's not just, you know, how some people you can say, like, it's, it's a little bit of an act or like trying, like the Jody that I have come to know is those are, those are ways I would describe you. And like, you're extremely present. I can't even imagine you wanting to not be present. Hey, <laughs> Does that even make sense? <laughs> I really appreciate that. And like, feel like my heart, like, bursting with receiving that because that feels so good because honestly my be so before sober Jody version couldn't have even imagined that being a conversation let alone words that were said yeah Uh, this is like a lot of work and a lot of conscious decision making and following what brings me joy like being present with other people and their experience brings me joy Being present with myself really brings me joy and creating space for both of those things to exist in the world really brings me joy. So the more I follow that, the more it happens. (laughs) Right. Definitely. You know, in both of your stories, you guys talk about kind of taking off the the numbness or the the filter or revealing these layers. For a lot of people, that's extremely uncomfortable. How did you personally push through this uncomfortable feeling and thoughts that were coming up? Because that's kind of like that in most cases is the catalyst to drive people to drink or drive people to like, you know what, uh, this is too hard for me. What was your point that made you continue on that made you lean into that uncomfortability or get comfortable in the uncomfortable. I'm really glad you touched on that. Cause I think that a lot of people bypass the yeah. feeling of uncomfortable. And it's like having to lean into it and realizing that it's not as bad as I'm making it in my head. Totally. And like once I sit in it and like be there, it's not this awful catastrophic thing that I was creating it to be. So like for me, it was a lot of walks, a lot of sharing space with people who were able to be present with me while I wasn't able to be fully present with myself and a lot of co-regulation because that wasn't something I had a lot of growing up. So I needed to have that in order to be able to sit with my uncomfortable feelings. So that's what I would advocate for the most is finding other groups, um, especially are helpful with that, but 
coaches, therapists, somebody who can hold positive, grounded, co-regulated space while we learn how to like create that tool within ourselves was a big thing. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I love that. Kristen, what about you? I want to echo what Jody said in those uncomfortable first days is where it started. Yeah. I remember just being flooded with emotion, like Mm. sobbing uncontrollably, feeling like I wasn't able to make a decision about anything, even what kind of orange juice to buy. (laughs) Like it it felt... And I, I was very fearful because of the amount of alcohol and drugs I had consumed. Was I going to be like this forever? And Mm. what I want someone in new sobriety to know is our brain and bodies heal really fast. Mm -hmm. And those first couple of days can be scary and uncomfortable, But the more a person, like Jody said, gets supported, gets plugged in, Mm -hmm. gets um, kind of a a little village, just like we say children take a village to raise. So, so do people in early sobriety. I I wouldn't say early sobriety. I, I think it needs to be part of a lifestyle for anybody sober in recovery or just connection is the most important piece of my sobriety puzzle. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Ladies, where can we find you on the world wide web? <laughs> Jody, where can we find you? Uh, spaciousexpression.com or on Instagram at spaciousexpression. Awesome. And on Thursdays, on Thursdays for the weekly check-in on a yes. girl's guide support circles. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Kristen, where can we find you? You can find me in the support circle on Mondays at five with a sober girl's guide. Yes. And on Instagram, I am at forward progression now and on the web also forwardprogressionnow.com. Awesome. Ladies, thank you so much for sharing your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom. This has been such a great chat. And I personally have loved getting to know you guys a little bit deeper. And I'm just, again, in awe of you. And thank you so much for, you know, being, being the, these inspirational women to hold space for other women, you know, helping other women heal and come together. It's, it's a big wound that we have, you know, healing this kind of sister, sister wound, if you will, um, and being there to support and hold space for other women while they're going through these really difficult, really uncomfortable thoughts, emotions, feelings you guys do and continue to do such a Friggin' amazing job. And I'm so, so lucky to have you on our team. 
How fantastic are Jody and Kristen? I just feel like the luckiest person in the world that I get to work with them and call them friends. They are such fantastic women and I love all the work they are doing, especially holding space and leading legendary support circles in Sober Girls Guide Social Club. If you are interested in the Social Club membership, head over to asobergirlsguide.com and sign up today so you can meet with Jody, Kristen, and all of our other Sober Girls Guides. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback. We love to hear your comments about the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got blogs, we have tips, tricks for any stage of your booze-free journey. We got your back, girl. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.